Hello, nerds. This is singer and astronaut Ryan Gosling. You may know me from such blockbusters as Gangster Squad, in which I wear a tie, my many films about disastrous relationships, and the Oscar-winning First Man. That's right. Suck it, Bradley. Mr. Beard. Although I, for one, found his work as the comical sheriff on Walking Dead, eight seasons too short. A wise man once said, I believe it was the legendary Tom Bosley, before he let himself go, that there's no greater joy in life than making other people watch something they're not interested in and then listening to them talk about it. And while the 10-year-old quarter to three movie podcast is not something I would ever listen to, I don't believe in opinions. I am told by a 10-year-old that of all the video game website movie podcast cults on the internet, the quarter to three movie podcast is one of them. And fortunately for audio, the occasionally annual quarter to three movie palooza cast make us watch whatever you want again, a unpestacular non-event 2019 exists. Best of all, the rules are so simple, a chimp could read them aloud. Simply donate at least one U.S. and or Canadian dollar to paypal.me forward slash QT3 of the QX3 at quarter to three spelled out dot com PayPal account. As with all U.S. elections, each dollar is one vote. Be sure to put the title of the movie you're voting for in the PayPal comment. Otherwise, it will default to the notebook. The deadline is Ides of March 17th. And the drawing of the unlucky winner will be posted on Ides of March 25th. The winning film will appropriately be the occasional subject of the April Fool's episode. Previous winning films include Why Did I Get Married to Goonies, Redline, by mistake, Rock and Roll, and Twelve Monkeys. So if it's rigged, someone's pretty high. Remember, the only way you can win is not to play, but to paraphrase Mr. Janet Jones, 100% of the dollars you don't donate will go to a worthy cause. Best of all, every millionth customer will receive a splinter from the classic wooden horse prop that confused me in Drive. So give your children something to sleep during and make the joy of listening to strangers talk about images they saw on a screen feel more expensive. In closing, I will perform an excerpt from my famous monologue in The Godfather of Mafia Movies, Gangsta Squad, in which I portrayed iconic 1920s law enforcer Sergeant Jerry Wooters. <clears throat> Damn it, Emma, you're grabbing a bucket when it should be a bathing suit. End scene. You're welcome, and fuck Moonlight. Oh, make me over. I'm all I wanna be. I walk and study. In demonology. Hey. Hello, welcome to the Quarter Three Movie Podcast for Captain Marvel. My name is Tom Chick. I am here with Christian Morosky. I am podcaster trouble and with a captain marvel tagline kelly wand what is the point of giving her those if you don't want her to use them okay (laughs) kelly wand (laughs) do you have anything less inappropriate (laughs) jeez well that could apply to a lot of things (laughs) so could the word inappropriate um oh finally a blonde avenger from an earlier decade with the rank of captain Okay. I need that. Wait, 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 wait! I need that one explained to me. Captain oh. America. Oh, oh, good lord! Okay. <laughs> How many are there? <laughs> Fair enough. Captain. Kelly, one. Is there a third one that maybe I would understand? I don't think you're going to understand anything at this point, but uh, <laughs> there is a third. She's like Supergirl, but with the same costume powers and civilian name. Thank Super- you, Dingus. Supergirl's name is Carol Danvers. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of that? 
No, DC that's has not a Captain true. Marvel, and there was a preview for Shazam before this movie. <laughs> like, wait, wait, wait. Is this what? really true? There's a there's a Supergirl named Carol Danvers. Yeah. No, there's no, that's that's trademark infringement. I know it's weird. Is that really and true? Then, and Dingus, and it's the same costume. <laughs> Dingus, is he pulling my leg? Is this true? There's He's a like, DC Cat Marvel. But yeah, not Supergirl's Carol Danvers or Kara Danvers. But I think I think her name's Kara and her her secret identity name's Carol Danvers. And the Danvers part's real, I know. Kyler, I just watched a little bit of Supergirl. I like uh, that actress. Uh, Melissa Benoit. Yeah, I like Melissa Benoit a lot as well. Um, all right, well, Did let's... say the answer to him? Benoist? Benoist? Yeah. yeah, I don't know how to say it. I know, not, I know, I know you her... I like to take letters out of words. I know her from the, the Taylor Kitsch uh, uh, miniseries about Waco. She's in that. That's, that's Oh, that's, how is yeah. she? Is she all red state, hot shorts kind of? Well, uh, it kind of... The the women's roles in that Waco miniseries are kind of minimized, which I think is appropriate for what actually happened. Right. Uh, but she's Janet Reno, the baby. She oh, she wow. is. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead. So Dingus, tell the listeners really? what. Go ahead. Uh, what movie did we see this week? Yeah, what's going on? What are we talking about? Confused, Dingus. <laughs> did you do a Will Ferrell impression just then? All right. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, this week. Those were we... the days. This week we saw Captain Marvel, uh, a 2019 American superhero action adventure science fiction comic book 21st in the Marvel Cinematic Universe movie about the proper way to cut toast. It was directed by Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck and written by both of them with Jennifer Robinson... What's wrong with you? I'm just reacting to the words written by. Uh, all right. Uh, with uh, Jennifer Robertson-Dwaret. Uh, uh, with story credit also going to Nicole Kerman, or Perlman, sorry, and Meg LaFavre. It stars Brie Larson, Samuel L. Jackson, Ben Mendelsohn, Jude Law, Lashana Lynch, and Akira Akbar. Oh, see, another thing for Tom to get confused by. Well, there's two Akbars in this. Right. Movie. And it goes, is it the DC Akbar? Or... See? Uh, Captain Marvel is rated PG 13 for sequences of sci fi violence and action and brief suggestive language. Kelly Wand, is there anything missing from those MPAA warnings? I would uh, urge parents to know that the Wand rating is. CG for some scenes with CG. <laughs> uh, Captain Marvel is at 79% positive reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. So 80, uh, eight, no, 21% of the reviews were like, nah. 79% were like, yeah, we liked it. On Metacritic, the average rating from various reviews is 64. And CinemaScore, it of course got its A, which is what all movies get pretty much in CinemaScore. Uh, it opened uh, higher than, than it was projected to open. It made a $153 million. Uh, and it will probably Whoa. by the it will probably by yeah. the time domestic by the time we post the podcast it'll probably come out a little bit higher because it's exceeding expectations. Um, it made uh, four fifty internationally. It half a billion. It did. So yeah. uh, Kelly Wand, I would like you to give us a Captain Marvel synopsis. And if you were <laughs> to do such a thing, what would it be called? 
I'd rather hear what you think it would be called than say what it's called, Tom. It would be called entertain the entertain the listeners. It would be called the Captopsis Marvlopsis. Sure it would. <laughs> See, you can make half a billion with that brain. Um did you have any stats on the review bombing? Like did that affect the audience score? Um I don't. I didn't even look that up, but I do know that I do know that it was something that Rotten Tomatoes specifically, and I don't know about Metacritic, right. uh, was dealing with because – and I'm not even sure we'll talk about this, but I'm not – honestly, I'm not sure why this movie is controversial and maybe one of you guys yeah. can – No, it's not. Can, can, okay. There's just dumb people on the internet, a lot of them. We'll get into it. I think, I think, that, it, I think I, it's an interesting phenomenon to be honest. I think I can understand why it's controversial, but oh. we'll get into that after the – Captain Marvel Popsis, Solopsis, whatever you're Oh, doing. well, that's a cruel tease. Especially when you know how what the Sopsis is. But anyway, um, all right, what is it called, Tom? Captain Bubbleopsis? Sure, I'll go with that. <laughs> Captain Marv, Marvopsis with the hyphen. <clears throat> like Marvel. Captain Marvopsis. A bunch of shots of Stan Lee in his bathrobe taking checks out of his mailbox and throwing coffee at artists drawing stuff turn into the Disney castle. Tinkerbell <laughs> flies at us and shoots CG out of her skirt till it spells Marvel. Jeez. Oh, Beside me, Gal Gadot's all ooh. Some words are all planet free. <laughs> She's just that emotional about it. Some words are all planet Cree. Jude Law is in his apartment staring at us. Planet Cree. <laughs> Isn't Decepticon a planet name? I'll have to ask Neil deGrasse. Uh, Jude Law is in his apartment on planet Cree staring at us. His doorbell rings. He opens it to see Brie Larson sweating at a tank top. He's all, ugh. <laughs> She's all, want to say stuff in between shots of our stunt doubles tripping over stuff? Later. <laughs> oh, you call that CG? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, maybe you're right. Oh, you call that CG? By the way, you were great as Tommy Wiseau's girlfriend. Oscar's finally got it right. Oh, you call that a groan kick? Uh, we haven't started fighting yet. Jude Law flips her over his shoulder. Gotcha! Your opponents will say a bunch of random shit. Just like you and Jackson in Kong Skrull Island. She's all... <laughs> She's all, why you? And she makes her hand CG sparkle dully. Control it! Hand CG's fine, but learning how to effectively use martial arts will prove much more important against such foes as Galactus, Modoc, Pace, Pop, Pete, and the Slug, especially in a vacuum. <laughs> she gets bored with his talking and shoots him with CG, but just hard enough for him to immediately get back up and go, Yes, exactly. Now more people. Later, the expository in the CG room. <laughs> Later, uh, in the expository CG room, CG. Thank you all for coming. I'm the Hobbit's Lee Pace. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> signature weapon, reindeer. 
grass off, Saul. Woo! Uh, but my name in this is Purple Triangle Head, the Accuser. <laughs> Some nerds near me cheer excitedly like rabid squirrels. Yeah, the Accuser. As you all know, I'm in charge of the famed but secret intergalactic espionage organization that you all work for known as Star Force. Mr. Marr, please. Um, so yeah, our last 16 Krikrit missions in a row turned out to be scroll ambushes, so here's hoping we can turn it around. <laughs> yes, Black Gary. What is the <laughs> difference between Kree and scroll again? <laughs> <laughs> For the 90th time, scrolls are green but bleed blue and look like Thanos, but also shapeshift like Mystique and Loki and uh, actually every Marvel villain, while as we know martial arts and bleed blue and have British accents, except for you and Bree, and we're also sometimes blue. <laughs> and which one are we again? Breezal. So Michael Rooker was a Cree? No, he was a Centaurian. Oh. But Nebula, the Jumanji chick, Gamora's blue sister, she, she was a Cree. No, she was a Lufamoid. <laughs> Jesus. What about Nightcrawler and Mystique and Zoe Saldana? <laughs> uh, Gamora's green, but bleeds taupe. <laughs> I meant an avatar. <laughs> oh no! No, 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 no. It's not even over yet, Dick. Aquaman's all. What about Smurfs? And, uh, Paul Bunyan's ox? Or is it his axe? Uh, what about Violet Beauregard? He's part of Star Force. all wait. Creepily blue or green? Because mine's red. I didn't notice till now. I guess I don't menstruate. You guys done? Okay, now the villain in this is, uh, okay. Tom Hardy's Venom, Strathern, or CG Armor Wonder Woman. That was a suspenseful matchup. We got, uh, Men Bendelson. So. Yeah. Anyone in the audience who hasn't seen Animal Kingdom is uh, going to be pretty surprised later. <laughs> He's a shapeshifter, so you may not recognize him. That's the plot of this, which you paid to see. So let's go kill him. Um, it's in this cave surrounded by uh, homeless extras. Also... The glowy thing in this is, as usual, the cosmic cube. Shut up, Mar. But not the crystal <laughs> of ultimate vision, because uh, uh, Stan sold Fox the rights to that phrase, along with the words mutant, comic, and book. Uh, for beer money. Good luck. Later, on board the Cree Quimjet. Jude's all. <laughs> They're so different. Jets. Marvel. God, Stan, man. He can just keep... Okay. <clears throat> Right. Although you know them all already, Bree, I'd like to reintroduce you to the rest of your team. This is Raccoon Face Sniper Girl. She's like uh, Ruby Rose, but angry instead of feisty. Hi, Bree. I loved your work as Annie on Community. And this is Black Gary. He doesn't actually have any skills or powers at all. <laughs> I turned down Black Panther for Serenity. Oh. Oh, 
Probably this is a meteor roll. <laughs> and this is a third guy. Don't worry, this is their only seat. <laughs> the Quimjet crashes since no one's piloting it, and Bree walks around in a foggy cave scowling at the homeless people. <sighs> Bree, to Jude Law's character, requesting permission to use hand CG on stuff. Jude to Agent Cree Lawson. Good news, one of them just assured me that they're not scrolls. Wait, now they're shooting at me and giggling. <sighs> Bree to Jude, same here. Wait, what's our mission again? Find CG. Jude's too annoyed at her to answer, so she tricks the homeless people by shooting CG at them, but controlling it till they're off screen. Naked Silver Arnold wheelchairs on screen. I agree with James Woods. Cold Silver CG is the more masculine. My neighbors probably think I'm retarded. Eventually, Bree gets bored, so Men Bendelson, with Cree makeup, walks up and puts a tiny piece of yellow CG on her. Bree's all, I know martial art, <laughs> and falls asleep. That was a good fight. Bree dreams she was in G.I. Jane. She tries to fight a rope. <laughs> <laughs> this is falls in some sand. All the guy soldiers point and laugh at her. Ha! Who'd want to fuck that? No, no. <laughs> Mendelssohn's VO's all. This is boring. Fast forward. <laughs> she dreams she's a little girl poorly driving a go-kart as it crashes and explodes. All the same soldiers as boys point and laugh at her. Ah, stupid idiot. <laughs> She'll never look good. Eric, I sure hope there's no other kids in this later. <laughs> she dreams she's on an airport runway while Jane Fonda, in a flight suit, walks towards her. <laughs> hey, Brie, we're pilots in this. Tell me about it, I'll say. Wait, go back. This is really good backstory. <laughs> Let's do that again. <laughs> hey, Brie, we're pilots in this. Tell me about about it, I'll say. Oh, I can't get enough of this scene. One more time. Oh, it's so good. God, the acting has got generations. Jane Fonda's. Oh. Hey, Brie, we're pilots in this. Tell me about it, I'll say. Okay, seriously, just one more last one. Oh. Every time I see it, there's something new. Hey, Brie, we're pilots in this. Tell me about Alsa. Uh, uh, I don't know. I might have oversold it. Forget all that. Let's go back to her forgetting how rope works. That was good. <laughs> Brie farts awake. She's spread-eagled upside down in a metal hallway with her hands and feet in some metal clamps. Me and Goose the cat are all... <laughs> upside down Brie's all... Man, Bendelson, I should have known. The only scroll in the credits... Um, my name in this is similar to Thanos, but with an L. I think I'm trying to find the cosmic cube or an engine. Sir, Brie Larson's escaping. Uh, our metal restraints are no match for force of will. Um, they did come with the warning label. Brie clops around the spaceship with the clamp still on her hands and feet, shooting CG at extras. Damn it, Carl, I told you not to get the clamps that shoot CG. 
pre-tricks the scrolls by tripping and falling out of the ship onto Earth. Some words are all Planet Shithole, Six Nine Dash, I repeat, aka Earth, Year 1995. Bree steals someone's motorcycle and uses it to drive to a cab across the street and say to the cab driver, "Hi, I'm a member of Star Force, Agent Ree Larson." Boy, nothing on this planet's jogging any memories at all. So I guess I'm not from here. Um, where can I find communication devices? The guy points across the street at Taco Bell. Bree's all thanks, but goes into the blockbuster. She gets a garbage CD and some no doubt. That opens the door to leave. <laughs> Sam Jackson's all. Under arrest for shopping at Blockbuster. Agent Colson walks up. Where did you receive your training? Free fire? Jump street? A third agent walks up. <laughs> Agent walks up. He's a blue scrawl wearing a suit. Breeze all, oh, come on, he's not even shapeshifting. You didn't notice? The scrawl runs off giggling, then gets on a train and moons them through the glass as the train drives off. Jackson's all, damn it! Had it with these motherfucking scrolls on the motherfucking train. He pulls out his gun and starts shooting pedestrians. A gas station explodes. Bree tricks the shield agents by walking off and getting on the train. <laughs> She walks down the caboose, blowing hair into her face. She sees 1995 Stan Lee squinting over a script. Cannibal women in the avocado jungle of death. Ah, oh, that's not bad. <laughs> Beside him, 1995 Bill Maher squints over a script. Stan Lee presents the condor. Oh, hang on, I think I got yours. <laughs> wow. An old lady in a seat smiles at Bree. My husband and I loved you in Divergent. Bree starts punching the old lady. The other passengers try to hold the old lady down for her, but not very well. Bree eventually runs out of old ladies and walks off the train. She steals some torn jeans and a flannel, loses the Stow Temple pilots, and goes to Denny's. Sam Jackson also gets hungry and shows up there, so they decide to eat together. Man, I had no idea superheroes were real. Boy, is my mind blown. Um, well, Captain America was in the 40s, McAvoy, X-Men, 60s, 70s. What are your powers again? She shoots CG out of her middle finger, blowing up the restroom. The fry cooks all, it's cool. The maids all, mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> Breeze all, now to see if you're really a scroll. Scrolls can't remember older memories, just like my character. What was your character's <laughs> name in Shaft? <laughs> cares yep you're sam jackson by the way jane fonda's character died six years ago considering what happens in your flashback later i take away didn't do an autopsy i guess everybody forgot you were there too also jane fonda wasn't just the best damn grandmother to crash multiple times every single mission she also invented an, aim, an engine that goes as fast as the speed of wind wow if it's moving that fast i'd say just make a new one that's stationary so you can put it inside a vehicle also i thought you were hilarious in uh of Adeline. He raises his soda and toasts her. <laughs> Beside me, Mr. Glass is all, classic Coke. <laughs> now, I need you to come to S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters with me, wander some dark hallways, and meet my cat. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Later in a dark hallway at S.H.I.E.L.D., 
And this is the most top secret area of all S.H.I.E.L.D. Only two or three people have the necessary clearance, thumbprint, retinal... What the goose the cat? How'd you get back here? Who's a... Who's a, who's a ow, my iron hair! <laughs> Bree's all, yeah, that's actually a flurkin. They have CG tentacles in their mouth so they can groom themselves better. Why is he here? It's probably irrelevant. I guess because Betty Black had a bulldog. And this is my new boss since yesterday, Senator Men Dendelston. By the way, I'm a traitor. Death to Brie Larson! Brie and Sam Jackson run off giggling while all the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents pull out their guns and start shooting each other. Goose yawns at us. A nerd leans over to me and goes, Yeah, in the comics, Goose's name is Chewy, but since Carol's a fighter pilot, I guess Top Gun. No. Disney couldn't get the rights to use the names of Star Wars characters. I'm all, yeah, all right. Brie and Sam Jackson trick S.H.I.E.L.D. Skrull Assassin Department heads by running up and down the same set of stairs. <laughs> Suddenly, Agent Coulson comes into the stairwell. He aims his gun at them <laughs> since he hates them, but then lets them go because he doesn't recognize them. Breeze all, oh, that was suspenseful. I almost easily killed a random bureaucrat. <laughs> Jackson's all, damn, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s been compromised for the fifth Marvel movie in a row. Oh. Although I guess this is the first time chronologically. Eh, fuck my job. Let's go move in with a black family somewhere. <laughs> well, she wasn't in the flashbacks, but I think I was vague friends with a black lady fighter pilot named Mildred. Guess my memory's coming back, by the way. Don't worry, I brought goose. You never know. Ow, my eye! Later on porch in Kentucky. <laughs> Jaden opens the door. Wow! Yeah. Hey, look, it's Aunt Bree and a black guy with a cat hanging from his eyeball. <laughs> Jaden's mom's all, mm-hmm. They make Bree dry some dishes. <laughs> Suddenly, Bree farts and makes the same expression as usual. My memories just came back. There's a flashback of Bree flying in back of a jet piloted by Jane Fonda. From the rear seat, Bree's all, uh, Bree to Jane, am I flying also right now? Jane Fonda is all, by the way, we're out of gas. The jet crashes. Bree tricks it by using an ejector seat. By the way, Jane, sorry I forgot to install yours. Later, Bree waters around with the ejector seat stuck to her back and stumbles into Jane Fonda coughing in her cockpit. Oh, yeah. Should I call a doctor? Bree, as you can see, my blood is blue. I'm a Cree alien. Oh, not sure why I'm in the Air Force. But anyway, there's a piece of CG I made in the back seat there. Make sure something I don't oh. <laughs> Jane no Jude Law and Black Gary and Sniper check <laughs> Jude's all hi we're the same race as Jane Fonda Bree Scowls takes out a gun and shoots Jane Fonda's CG. It explodes in slow motion and turns her eyes blue and gives her amnesia. I guess the blast doesn't do anything to Jude or Gary. As Jude cradles Bree's body, he's all, The psychotic, uncontrollable blonde cavewoman will make the perfect addition to our martial arts club. <laughs> so iconic back in the present Jane Fonda walks up to Bree in the kitchen and helps her dry some dishes Bree's all dude your character's name was Marvel. two words like Disney 
Jane Fonda's all. By the way, I'm a different character named the Supreme Intelligence right now. Anyway, your dog tag was broken, and only part of your name was on it, so we decided to call you Ree Larson. Although some of us thought that was just the name of the tag. Ree's all, huh, that explains I was the only person on Cree with an American accent and non-CGI's. <laughs> Stanley's ghost is all, Wait, so did you have false memories of growing up on Korea? <laughs> Were you just totally incurious about your memories only extending back six years? <laughs> now he cares. Three shrugs. Later, while drying the same dishes. Wow, so my origin's that I'm a blonde fighter pilot recruited by aliens for some intergalactic spy agency. Let's see DC come up with a version of that. Beside me, Ryan Reynolds wearing a green ring sighs glumly. <laughs> ben Mendelssohn walks up in scroll makeup with a stack of new dishes. <laughs> By the way, my character's good now. Look. <laughs> a wife and kid scroll walk on screen. They hug themselves, then each other, then walk off. <laughs> I need Jane Fonda's engine CG thing that you blew up to save my people. <laughs> Rizal. Agreed. Fuck Star Force. Bree goes... <laughs> they saved me. Or something. Who knows? Bree goes out onto someone's porch. Jaden, you always wear the same t-shirt and have stupid hair. You should pick my costume, as opposed to Kelly. Here, you just hit random buttons on my wrist pad's uniform color app. Uh, the animators <laughs> in the marketing department will do the rest. <laughs> beep, boop, boop, beep. Eventually, she looks like she's a movie poster. <laughs> <laughs> the side man incels all, smile more! Uh... Yeah. Bree smiles. Well, it's in the movie. She does a twirl. She sighs wearily at Jlar. They both look at their Oscars and sigh. Jaden's all, I figured blue and red's a superhero combo we haven't seen before. The Imperial recruiter from Solo walks up. Since Jane Fonda was a character you liked six years ago, we shall just give you her name, prefaced by an arbitrary military rank in a non-Cree language and culture. <laughs> so from now on, your name is Captain Marvel. <laughs> Nick Fury's pager rings. What? Yeah, sir, uh, Jude Law and his friends just invaded our atmosphere and uh, shot a bunch of missiles at something. But they also know martial arts. Also, the president heard you lost a fight to a house cat, so he promoted you to head of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> Jackson hangs up. Damn, I'm out of ideas. I really thought moving in with Jade and Mildred would spark something, but... <sighs> Breezal, I can stop missiles, but first I have to believe in myself. <laughs> <clears throat> this could take a minute. Wait, hang on, I'm having new flashbacks right now. Of getting up after the go-kart crash and sand incident. She makes us watch them. Jaden's all, did you go-kart and grab rope after that with greater success? I don't know, the flashbacks don't cover that. But my name in this is Carol Danvers! She flies around and punches missiles while Nirvana and Nine Inch Nails play on Jude Law's ship. I told you we should have fired our missiles so that they were farther away from each other. Jude Law's all, oh, I have a better idea. 
<laughs> he parks in a desert, waits for Bree to show up on foot. <laughs> <laughs> and goes, hey, remember in the first Avengers when Loki was yammering at the Hulk? And then Hulk, she shoots him with CG. He gets up and wipes dirt onto himself. <laughs> ben Mendelsohn and his family walk up. My people are still safe. Thank you, Captain Marvel. Jaden's all, my favorite Avenger's still Falcon. Everybody laughs. And Mendelssohn's all, by the way, if you thought the third act of Ant-Man and the Wasp was cool. He hits a button on his garage door opener. In orbit, an invisible spaceship turns slightly visible. It's square and featureless. Jaden's all, whoa. To celebrate, Bree and Sam Jackson dry some more dishes. Jackson's all. Hey, remember when the Marvelettes, they were sort of the DC version of the Supremes, sang that song about how they're always forgetting to mail stuff? And best of all, we owe it all to Goose. Goose hisses and claws Jackson's eye out again. <laughs> Beside me, Mr. Glass is all classic Nick Fury. Bree's <laughs> <laughs> all, well, now that I know that I'm from here, I think it's boring. Here, call me on this only if it's your ninth franchise-ending emergency in a row. I'll be very busy. She flies into orbit and smiles at nothing. Jackson's all, man, it's almost like being online friends with a blonde woman. The maid's all, mm-hmm. The next day, Jackson sits at his desk and types the superhero group initiative, colon, something I plan to do something about in 12 years, by Nick Fury. <laughs> Suddenly, he sees a picture on his desk he never noticed before. It's a Brie getting on a plane, smiling at him. On the side of the plane's a marketing logo that says, Carol, quote, Age of Ultron, quote, Danvers. <laughs> Jackson's all, that's it! He starts rewriting while Superman's theme plays. <laughs> After some words tell me who CG Jaden's hair, Captain America and ScarJo stare at a blinking gadget. ScarJo's all, what if Brie was in the half Thanos killed? Brie walks up, nope, use martial arts. <laughs> After some more words tell me who trained Bree to dry dishes, I'm all, hmm, how do I feel about the Marvel Universe at this point? <laughs> Goose stares at us and pukes up a box of CG. Then Larson's Oscar. The end. Thank you, Kelly Wand. It's hard to remember what happened in it. You did that a great job. Challenge. I think you got all the plot points there. Yeah. They dried dishes. Um, <laughs> she was yeah. in the, she's not in the backseat of the plane though. That's the sad part. I know, but I didn't have I didn't care. I know. <laughs> if the movie doesn't care, I don't give a shit. It's gonna be whatever I can remember at random. But yeah. Captain Marvel, woo! All right, uh, I was loath to see another superhero movie. I'm kind of uh, running out of steam on the, the, the Marvel franchise, and uh, I, I was intrigued by Age of Ultron. I would have been super happy if everything stopped there and it ended with this existential apocalypse. If Marvel had shut down at that point, that would be great. So I wasn't... You mean Infinity War, not Age of Ultron. Oh, right, right, exactly. Yeah, see, they all run together for me. Yeah, yeah Infinity War, Ultron, Civil War, what's... Age of Ultron. The, the one where they half the people all die. I was like, that's a cool metaphor for the existential dilemma let's just close the book now and be done with it but no they, they keep making them so uh, i went to this and i was also a little uh had some reservations about seeing this because uh anna Bowden and ryan fleck 
Uh, I love Half Nelson, of course, but the things they've done since then I'm not as crazy about. And in specific, their last movie, Mississippi Grind, just really rubs me the wrong way for reasons that we'll maybe talk about in a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I had pretty uh, low expectations coming into this. I don't know what they're going to do with it. All I knew was that she was like Lady Superman. Uh, So for two reasons, I adore this movie, one of which is they – and I don't know why this isn't particularly revolutionary, but they decided to make it a buddy movie. And it's a buddy movie with Brie Larson and Samuel Jackson doing what they both do very well. And Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck have written them a good supporting structure script for this. There's a lot of MacGuffin doodad nonsense, but I don't care about that. I just loved watching Brie Larson and Samuel Jackson being Brie Larson and Samuel Jackson in a buddy movie with the roles kind of flipped. Because normally the woman is the astonished sidekick who needs rescuing. Uh, but we flip the roles, and this is our introduction to, to Nick Fury, which I also thought I didn't care about. But I really enjoyed uh, the Nick Fury origin story that was also part of this. Um, the, the second reason that I really loved this uh, – it's it's difficult to make an interesting story about a character who just can't be defeated, and that's something that the Superman movies have always struggled with. And so my over and under are movies that I really love about all-powerful heroines in interesting stories, you know, because you have an invulnerable, omnipotent protagonist. How are you going to make an interesting story about that character? So my over and under, basically, what if it's Superman, but the fact that it's a woman is a fundamental part of the story, and that's what my over and under are. Uh, My under, a movie I love, is uh, Lucy. Lucy is also very flawed. It's got a lot of Luc Besson um, nonsense in it, but uh, I love that movie. Uh, And my over is a movie from last year called Thelma, which uh, I also adore. So, uh, man, I liked this a lot. I didn't expect to, uh, and those are two reasons I really loved it. Dingus, what are your over and under? What did you think? Um, I loved this thing. I was absolutely nuts about it. Listen, listen, <laughs> listen to Kelly. <laughs> wow. Um, what a I, lonely feeling. And uh, I know. Uh, and I love that you uh, that you mentioned the buddy thing because uh, a writer in her named Chris Markinson t- talked about how much he loved the buddy parts with uh, with her and Fury. And um, and we have a listener named Nezri who also to, who equated this to a buddy cop movie, and I didn't think of it necessarily as a buddy cop movie, but that stuff that they're doing when they're first in the scramjet, quimjet, whatever it is, uh, and the way she so Brie Larson handles that so well, uh, just it, her laugh, it's not easy to laugh freely on screen or on stage and make it seem real. And she does. Uh, I just I loved their interchange. I loved it. So um, uh, anyway, I just love this movie. Un- under it, I, I put uh, Oblivion, uh, which I've come to like more since we did the podcast for it. I didn't like it when we first did it, but mainly it's because of the the, the Canyon um, dogfight really made me think of the Oblivion uh, Canyon dogfight. Uh, and the over I would put as <laughs> as Avengers Infinity War, because I think both of these um, Avengers Infinity War and Captain Marvel understand in different ways how to balance um, how to balance humor and gravity. Uh, there's a lot of humor in both of these movies. This one is more on the Ant-Man side of that spectrum. Um, 
than Infinity War is. Uh, but they can still they still understand that balance, and and it comes down on the side of gravity at the end uh, in a different way. And I really I really appreciated the way that she played the part. I'm just I, I'm yeah I'm pretty nuts about this. Kelly. Well, she's really good. <clears throat> I thought I was gonna have to defend her, and I was gonna be like, I don't think she's the problem. And I really like. I'll say what I liked about it first. I like that there's zero love story or love interest. It's like a total Bechdel Holbrun. And I really like the concept of her as this unflappable kind of heroine. Like who doesn't give up? Like she's not kind of similar to the other Marvel heroes. She's just like, eh. and I didn't think they cracked um, her superpower being interesting. Um, mm. I think she's fine. I think it's a terrible script. It's one of my least favorite Marvel movie scripts by far. I think the action's hit and miss. But I think the thing that sucks is there's no good villains in it. And so there was a part where it was the movie was sort of growing on me in the first half hour because it gave me no backstory at all. And I went, oh, it's going to be like Dread. It's just going to be this one mission. And I got really excited then. And so then I was bummed. Uh, and then, I don't know. I didn't think the dialogue between her and Sam Jackson was that good. Like, they seem cool, but the things they're saying aren't that good uh so my over is thor ragnarok because i still think that's the last marvel movie where i was ex- I, I emerged feeling better than when i went in and my under is ant-man of the wasp because that's the worst i felt so what is politically controversial about this well dingus is the one who well isn't it that, that he gets it isn't it that it's a woman playing the part was captain Why is that yeah, yeah why Wonder, is that controversial in a way that Wonder Woman it wasn't? Um, because yeah. it wasn't the part originated. I mean, I don't know the as comics a dude, well, a blonde dude. As a dude. Yeah, yeah, but her character exists in the comics too, and she was called Captain Marvel, although her name was Ms. Marvel for a while. So, but, <laughs> so it, there's it, a new Nick Fury too. It's a stupid. Insecure comic book readers who grew up doing that, especially most of them are male, I would think, um, would be offended by the idea of this character, this movie being driven by a woman. They don't want to see Brie Larson in a hot suit. No, no, it's not that. It's that they. (laughs) That sounds boring enough. It it upsets their male rescue fantasy. That's really embarrassing. But isn't it, isn't Kelly saying though Dingus, that that Captain Marvel became a woman? Like were they upset when that happened in the comic book as well? You may I, I'm, I'm no. probably asking you to answer questions that you may not know the I don't answer remember to. that happening. Yeah. But yeah, they didn't there wasn't no outcry when she was a woman later cuz he died in kind of a, a glorious dramatic way. Uh didn't Thor become a, a woman cancer. recently? Like wasn't that in in the comics there was a, a female Thor? Yeah, Thor's been a frog, Thor's been Beta Ray Bill, there've been other Thors. Okay. But I, there's so, a lot of precedent, and I don't. But I, there's a lot. This character's existed since the '70s. It's not like they just whipped her out for the movie. But I, I think this is. I think the reaction isn't just about that. It's it's part of what's going on right now in uh, as far as like maybe the Me Too movement and the idea of oh well Hollywood's just doing this to cater to a certain. Uh, <laughs> I don't a understand. Certain group of people. I mean, how can you not understand that? I mean, there are a lot of people who, and you made the incel joke during your uh, opsis. Yeah, but I don't get why they don't like it. I don't understand that. Yeah. Because because they feel like it's just catering. It's catering to a certain political view. Uh, It's it's political. What's the political part? 
the idea shooting that shooting ECG is a man's job. That's political. Like that's a political statement. No, well, a political statement is embarrassing. Let's have women fighting and being the hero as as the inversion, as uh, I, I think Tom said, um, rather than the male being and and them thinking, well, that's not really possible and that's not really what it was, but. They're just doing that just to make uh, all the. They're wins just happen. trolls. Dingus, you're, know, you've no. done a Dingus, you've done a heck of a job playing devil's advocate, but I'm going to relieve you of your responsibility. Uh, I, I, I'm guessing that this is just manufactured outrage, and there's no difference between this and Wonder Woman, uh, and it's just a matter of since Wonder Woman, the kinds of people who want to manufacture outrage are better at propagating it. Uh, right, there's a political right. climate that is more conducive to that being carried along. Uh, so I'm guessing that all of the outrage about this, and this They're is bored. this is strictly uh, just my guess. I haven't looked into it. I haven't read anything about it. Uh, just based on what I know about what I saw on the screen, I'm guessing that it's all just manufactured uh, and has no thematic or narrative or source material basis because I see no difference between this and Wonder Woman and I don't I mean other than I didn't like Wonder Woman I loved this and we'll talk about reasons for that in a moment well well her the the name of the movie is Wonder Woman so it's obvious that she's going to be played by a woman (laughs) right but Captain Marvel was a woman Captain Marvel was a woman Captain Marvel yeah. was a woman in the comics, I'm hearing, though. Right. Is that, that That's not something that they changed from the comics. So oh, anybody yeah. who's feigning yeah. outrage can't feign it on the basis of it being unfaithful to the source material. Uh-huh. Uh, so, uh, however, uh, I do think, and this is one of the reasons that I, I really love and admire this movie, uh, that there are some very important politics around this uh, – that I can understand why people who are are threatened by this sort of thing would want to manufacture out. Really? Yes. Uh, Because, for one thing, primarily, Kelly Wand, uh, I think it is really bold of Disney to basically, from out of nowhere, put forward, front and center, a, I assume, little-known female character who the fact that she's a woman is a primary part of the script that uh, Bowden and Fleck have written – and they've put her forward as the person to save the franchise from an existential apocalypse. They've done that narratively and commercially. Uh, and I think that that is something that, that threatens or angers a lot of people who want to defend white, white male privilege. You know, this is a dis, this is a, and this is a disconnect, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, I agree. This is a disconnect between politics and Hollywood. You know, we've got the Trump tape about grabbing them by the pussy. We have the marginalization of Christine Blasey Ford. We have uh, people trying to minimize uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Brander as a crazy, angry socialist. You yeah, know, the, the political... The political climate is one of minimizing women's role in politics and just women in general. Hollywood, on the other hand, is putting forward really powerful, not only female characters, but minorities. You know, we just had Black Panther. This, to me, is the same as Black Panther in that it is a fantastic superhero movie about characters who have normally been marginalized by superheroes, superhero culture, and it's doing it without alienating a white middle-aged guy like me. Uh, And it shouldn't alienate a white middle-aged guy like me unless I'm one of the guys trying to minimize Christine Blasey Ford or Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Um, so I, I think it's a bold it's move. It's hard for on, me to look through that lens and judge the movie on that. Look through what lens? 
Well, like, I agree with everything you're saying. And, like, the politics, I'm totally on your side. But, but I'm saying like, that's... As a script, it's not good. <laughs> oh, well, fair enough. I mean, okay, but we'll talk about that. But I think that's why there is a, a, a really forced manufactured outrage about this. And I, I don't... You know, it's a review bombing thing that was on Rotten Tomatoes. It's a small group of people who sit around on 4chan or 8chan or whatever, and they coordinate these movements. Kelly, you used the word troll before. Gamer, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It's it's exactly it's it's people who are abusing uh, social networks to propagate a, an agenda that that's really just inappropriate and gross. Uh, can we just tune them out? Like I don't. Really yes, think we about can. It and here we are. And here we are we talking can. about them. But yeah, that's true. I, I really don't I mean, think. Yeah. It had no bearing on me watching the movie. It was only a curiosity. It yeah. was a, it was a curiosity after the fact to wonder. Well, wait a minute. Why are people bothered by this? And it's simply because, you know, people who want to cling to white male privilege, uh, just really want to cling to it, and so they use stuff like this to manufacture outrage. Um, and yes, they but, should they should be tuned out. Yeah. But you but you appreciate it culturally from your perspective. I mean, that's something that Nick D says. In one of our writer enters, he says, culturally, he's glad it's here. And he's glad to sure. have a superhero movie drama. Yeah, same. Franchise. I was looking forward I mean, to it. <laughs> he thinks it, it, it shits the bed in the last act like the like Wonder Woman did. But uh, but culturally, he thinks it's important for that reason. And you, you think that too, right, Tom? I, I think I that too, and I think that. the movie is very aware of this. Like, I think that it's a joke that she blows the head off Arnold Schwarzenegger, that she picks up a copy of The Right Stuff and kind of shrugs at it, uh, that it's set in the 90s uh, where the where male bravado basically drove action Smile adventures. Smile more, yeah. Uh, and, he tells her that, and then she steals his motorcycle. That's another good one, too. He and tells and, her to smile more. And, and also, it's, you know, this culturally, you know, this is a time that Han Solo is dead. You know, it, this is a time for Furiosa and, and uh, T'Challa and Shuri and, and Captain Marvel. John Senya and Dwayne Johnson, they're off doing ineffectual schlock. Uh, we have – and, I, you know, I love those guys. I, I adore other. both of them. Uh, and I, I just think that it means a lot. It's culturally important. It means a lot, and I'm very happy with Hollywood that they're letting Furiosa and Captain Marvel and T'Challa drive their movies. And I, I love this. Yeah. Yeah. And I like it that it's her. Like, I liked her character in this. Like, she wasn't trying to – that's why, uh, like, the, like, the argument of the instance is she hates men. She That's not in the movie. She doesn't hate men. Ever. <laughs> that's retarded. Part of why Never. I really liked this as a, as a buddy movie is Brie Larson is just so effortless, effortlessly yeah. charismatic. And yeah. she does this – I mean, it's the sort of thing that, you know – Brian Reynolds is great at it, but you can see him trying, and he's working hard, and he's good at it, and he, he gets he does the work. Brie he Larson, wants you to like him. Brie Larson just cruised through this, and it was yeah. beautiful. Oh, it was it was yeah. really just graceful and and just comedically athletic. Uh, what oh, she would well do played. with a, an eyebrow or just a smirk. I hate Stan Lee uh, uh, cameos, and I you know I, I I I feel bad for the guy, especially reading about how it looks like he was taken advantage of as he got older. But I, I really hate my Stan wow. Lee cameos. But I, I loved it here just because Brie Larson approved of it. Like She kind of redeemed yeah. it for me with her little like nod of the head. And I was like, okay, I'm on board with that. So just 90% of why I think this movie works is, is because of freaking Brie Larson being so good at what she was doing here. Yeah, and my favorite scene is where she comes to Earth and she just talks – like, hey, yeah, we're on this planet, Star Force. So she says just a bunch of random jargon. And she really sells it. You actually believe that right. that's her. Yeah, like she's really committed to the character. Right, right. 
And she's a better actress than Gal Gadot, so you have that too. I just wanted more, <laughs> I don't know, I want her to face someone who is as powerful as her, like a Thor Ragnarok kind of well, matchup. Or I like think, Hela. right. And I think that's kind of the point, Kelly Wand, is that there is no one as powerful as her, and that's oh, why. there's got to be. It's Marvel. Come on. Well, I mean, I mean, not in this movie. I mean, the premise in this movie right. is that no one is powerful as she is, and I, I want to talk about. Well, so, sure. so thing is, Nick D said that the movie shit the bed in the third act. Does he elaborate or? Um, he he just he mentioned it as a way as an a, a comparison to Wonder Woman, uh, saying that Wonder Woman had these uh, had these great moments, but. For him, Captain Marvel was pretty boring. Um, but did you have, so then, how did you guys feel about the third act that, that, that Nick is talking about? Um, I, I by then I'd already kind of checked out. I didn't like the Jaden kid. Oh, into the spider. Into by the way, into the Spider Verse is another very important superhero movie for for what it's that's doing. That's a good movie politically and culturally. Sorry, that's one that I wrote down to put on my list here and forgot. Sorry. Right. So Kelly I love Wand, that character. And there's right. no dead air in and then, and then, and then, There's a lot of dead air, in my opinion. Okay, well, but, it, but it's not brief. So yeah. what, what's the problem then with the third act, with the, the finale and how it turns out? Um, this is no... There's no... There's no There's no excitement to, like... I don't like the amnesia subplot. I think it's really boring, because we okay. already know. Okay. And it seemed, It doesn't make sense to me that she doesn't know... I wasn't in the comics. She didn't have amnesia. And I oh. didn't get Kelly Wan on the, was very, on the basis of source material. You have an issue with it, huh? Ooh. <laughs> I'm just saying you didn't. What do you get out of it? You get this, and it's not that good. I don't. I don't. It's. It just it raises. It makes me ask more questions. Like, wait, she didn't have any family. She was an orphan. Like Jane Fonda was the only. I mean, Annette Bening was the only. Uh, <laughs> like I know, but I, I love how Kelly Wan has to switch personas when he's out of the synopsis. He, right, yeah. <laughs> he has to, he has to remember that he knows who Annette Bening yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> now I have to yeah. pretend I'm smart. Uh, so, Dingus, do you do you see any of those problems? Did you have any problem with how the the third act ended in the ben finale Mendelsohn's and the character? Yeah, that's just not interesting to me as a Captain Marvel arc. Like, oh, I love the idea that she's not – she's totally at peace with herself, and and she doesn't have, like, a chip on her shoulder or something to, like, get over. She's just like, yeah, I don't know. I really liked her character. But he's uh, nice. Like, she's mad at Jude Law for lying to her. That's your climax. And, like, it just seemed – I had the same feeling after Ant-Man and the Wasp. I'm like, wait, so they just get Michelle Pfeiffer out of a CG world? That's your third there's no excitement. What's the fun part of the third act? What's the part where we go, ah, remember when that happened? As opposed to Thor Ragnarok, when everything was exciting. Dingus? Sorry. Um, I, I tried to make this connection when I was talking to my son about this um, between Killmonger and... Ugh, uh, stop that. That's not his name. His name is Eric Stevens. Ugh. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, and man, and man Bendelson. How did you say it, Kelly? Uh, man Bendelson. Man Bendelson's character. See, yeah. Um, because they uh, no philosophical differences. Like because uh, there's this there's, there's this weird sort of. Uh, I don't know what the Skrull are like in the comic books. I don't know. I just like the they, villains. I thought they were just the evil evils. Um, and I was having a hard time at the beginning understanding. Wait, this this is the Kree, but the Kree were. The bad guys in Guardians. What's going on here? Uh, it was really confusing to me, and I like the way that the movie kind of mixes that up. And I like the way that uh, Ben Mendelsohn's character suddenly shifts 
um, in a, in a really, I think, quite a wonderful way into a a more a more comic character, uh, but then a more touching character, and not the villain that I thought he was going to be. And that's why I, uh, you know, Killmonger is not um, uh, a comic character, but he has a good argument. I mean, he has an understandable argument. He's... What's the Kree Scroll War about? Don't know. Why should we care? Don't know. This movie doesn't it introduce its lore very well. Compared to Black Panther. Possible, but it, that doesn't bother me. Uh, what I like about it is that Ben Mendelsohn's character is really all he really wants is to get back to his family and get his people back together, and and he this just wants a... his kids back. And this is a total switch from what I was expecting. I was expecting them just to be the evil dark elves from Thor 2 or something. Yeah. Uh, and and they're not. They're he's really just trying to get his people back. He's trying to he's trying to get his civilization into a place. Uh, that's and that becomes her goal to help him do that. And yeah. he, he he meets his kid. It, it, I, I'm getting the sense that this is, might be the first time he's met his kid. Uh, Too much catering. <laughs> um, I love I love that sense of the movie. So so to answer your question, Tom, in a long-winded way, um, I actually love the way that the movie resolves itself. Uh, I have no problem with it. It's not like somebody can punch harder than somebody else. Um, and I, I I was very I was very pleased with the way the movie ended. And I no that's why I would wonder what Nick D is talking about specifically with the third act. Because Dingus, to me, the third act, the the Ben Mendelsohn twist really was a, a huge part of why I really liked this script uh, yeah. because I think casting Ben Mendelsohn is a little bit of a, a casting misdirect because most people I mean we know him I guess from Animal Kingdom but also from Rogue One he's yeah, just he's Wars, a, yeah. yeah he's a black hat wearing bad guy uh, but I think have you guys seen Mississippi Grind? Yeah. Because I think Bowden and Fleck have an appreciation for how Ben Mendelsohn is a fundamentally sympathetic good guy. Like, just watching that guy talk on screen, he's got a sort of a hangdog sincerity to him. Mm -hmm. And I think Animal Kingdom, he just is, is just so good at being menacing that he kind of got typecast as a bad guy. But Bowden and Fleck in Mississippi Grind just really understand how sympathetic he is. So when he shows up and I'm like, oh, okay, Ben Mendelsohn's the bad guy. Yeah, I'll take that. That's fine. It works for me. And then they make him sympathetic and a nice character. And they have that twist, which I didn't see, and which is really touching. And Kelly Wand, you ask, what is the Cree uh, scroll war about? I don't know, but they clearly set up an analog here. Is It's, a, it's an imperialist uh, power chasing down right. a bunch of refugees. And I, under, okay. I understand that. I don't care why. I mean, why do – that's, you know, powerful uh, countries and imperial powers do stuff like that. Uh, they're just power hungry. They crave land. They want to get people off their land. Uh, you know, the, the specifics of what planets they fought over or who did what to whom to initiate the war, none of that matters because it's just – it's a very simple idea is that they're refugees just trying to get out from under – uh, a difficult situation, and you know whether they're refugees in Syria or whether they're refugees in uh, Europe in World War II. It's something. It's a historical thing that I think we all understand. And when Ben Mendelsohn goes from just being a villain because the scree or scroll are bad scree <laughs> because the scroll are bad guys, <laughs> when it flips around and shows us this new element, I loved that twist. And it's premised on the fact that 
you know what? Ben Mendelsohn is funny and he's nice and he's just a charismatic kind of cool hangdog Yay, guy. We're all happy. Yeah. But it's the curious. other the uh, the other third act part that and Dingus, you brought this up, and I'm not sure how I feel about this. So when Jude Law, when Captain, when I don't even want to call her that, just like Eric Stevens' name. Killmonger is just some dumb thing from the comic book that they mentioned once in the silly in the movie. Stop calling him Killmonger. His name is Eric Stevens. In this, I do it. I do it just to annoy you, really. I know, I know, and I and you do it well. It's like the shark is not named Jaws. You guys know that's that's a very important thing. Uh, and in this, nobody called her Captain Marvel. That was it. She's Carol Danvers to me. I don't know why. Why is this movie called Captain Marvel? That's dumb. Um, but uh, so I forgot where I was going. I, you guys derailed me. That's a good question. Why is <laughs> no, okay. So here's the third. Here's the third act thing that I wonder about. Is it's not when when Carol Danvers goes to the superior intelligence and is being controlled by that little chip. How does she get around that? Being controlled. Oh, because she just takes it off the back of. She just decides. Oh, I've got two. I've got. I've been fighting with one hand behind my back, and she takes it off of her hand. And how is that not some? How is that not someone just deciding to punch harder? Because I had the same issue kind yeah, of with with the point. turning point in Into the Spider-Verse, where I didn't mind it so much because I love what the story is going. And I, th- I fully think that the finale in Into the Spider-Verse is, is kind of weak, didn't affect my enjoyment of it. Uh, but I wonder, did the same thing happen here? Where she just punched harder to get around that ship and then she can she's invulnerable and she kills everything? Yeah. I don't know what her powers are. I don't understand. I mean, Jeez. one of the things that I I do like about it uh, is that it does remind me, and this is this is almost uh, it was something I bandied about with the over under is is how Spider Man feels when he's learning to use his powers and how how much joy he has. And there's that moment at the in the last part of the movie where she's like, woo! Even Dingus in the beginning when she gets the little metal cuffs off of her hand, there's that same sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. She's she ex- loves she loves being Captain Marvel. She's character. excited. <laughs> she and she feels she feels this sense of 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 the joy of of power and of discovery. She's discovering yeah. herself, and in that in those moments where she learns, well, I can just make my eyes light up. I can fly now. Uh, I can survive in space. And but Brie Larson, uh, just because she's been so and and I love the way you said. I think you said com, com comedically athletic. Yep. How you yep. said it. Yep. Uh, I love that uh, because she's got this really great way of being sort of level through the movie and then just popping at certain moments. Um, just getting excited, but but basically kind of being maintaining, maintaining uh, sort of a a general just frequency that's really an interesting frequency. But she doesn't have to do a lot because she's just that kind of actress. But when she pops, she pops, and that moment, those moments where she's excited, where the where the character is so excited to be discovering who she is and her powers. I mean that those are exciting moments for me, and so uh, so that's why the last act really works for me. But the the uh, yeah, and I think a lot of that that 
Digga, she's talking about when she pops. A lot of that, I think, is because she has Samuel Jackson to work with. Like, he's, uh, he's they're just riffing off each other so well, and he's doing the more outrageous stuff and letting her be level, and I love their interaction. Um, so, so the reason that I don't mind so much that she punches harder to get out of the superior intelligence, like, it's even they're shooting colored, she's like, Annette Benning's shooting a colored beam at her or something. There's even, <laughs> and I was like, Ugh. But here, here's my, here's why I, I think the movie earned it in a way that I'm not sure I saw in Into the Spider Verse. Um, I think the whole point of this, and I, 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 uh, I just really admire what Bowden and Fleck have done with this script, uh, is this little doodad that she has that's been controlling her and that's been tamping down her power and that the superior intelligence can presumably use to keep her from burning the place down, which is what she does. Uh, what it is and how it works kind of doesn't matter because what matters and uh, this might this is might this could be a little schmaltzy and I'm fine with it. Uh, what matters is that she learns something that I think uh, every woman has to struggle with and has to deal with, and and that's the the ability to keep getting back up as it's represented in the movie where she has mm -hmm. to literally keep getting up. Uh, and I'm okay with that because it's a, uh. them, it's a thematic message and it's not a rule for how her powers work. It's not a doodad or a MacGuffin or anything. It's a thematic message that at that point she realizes. And at that point, nothing is beyond her. She can do anything. And that's a little schmaltzy message. Believe in yourself and you can do anything. That is literally manifested in this movie by her understanding that as a woman, she has to learn to keep getting up over and over and over again as she's knocked down, as she falls over, as she's ridiculed. And I think that's just a fundamental part of many women's experiences mm. that Bowden and Fleck have made the turning point in this movie. And furthermore, it's not like another man doesn't enable her. Uh, it, it, she, she realizes the reality of a woman being told, no, this isn't for you, this is for men, and she realizes that she doesn't have to accept that. And that's why I think the, the climax of this movie is when Jude Law wants to have a fight with her, and she says, I don't have to prove myself to you. I don't have to prove, yeah. That's yeah. just a beautiful moment, and I think it gets to this whole idea of she didn't just punch harder, she just realized a fundamental lesson that I think women have had to struggle with all along and still struggle with. And instead of there being some, you know, MacGuffin that she works her way around or some little trick or, or fancy narrative switcheroo, it's just a realization of this theme that Bowden and Fleck have put out in the script. Well, how do you feel about the daughter telling the mother, uh, what kind of example are you uh, setting for your daughter? Being, you know, Let me go, yeah. go out and fly. What kind of example are you setting for me? And that relationship that Brie, Lar that Brie Larson has with the daughter, with, Lou with <laughs> Lieutenant Trouble, uh, <laughs> where where she's like, you're the, you, I don't know, I, I don't like the toughest kid I know or the best kid I know, or I'm not sure what the line is. Um, how do you feel about all of that, that whole, like, triangle? Ugh. Kelly Wan, not happy with it. I, well, I just I just, I just wonder if there's a schmaltz. There... I I don't mind schmaltz actually. I'm fine with it. I want action, um, man. Uh, Dude, the I... scrolls fucking killed the Fantastic Four's dad. It's like a serious business. What do you think about it? Uh, I I love that there are these kinds of movies now, not only for people like your son Dingus, but for young women, for girls. Uh, so what I think about it is that it's a beautiful thing, and I just was so pleased and just moved by it. 
So it matters. Kelly calls it schmaltz, and that's okay. Like when stuff like this, that because this is this is for adults and kids. Like I didn't feel like I was watching something that was just for kids, but I was watching it thinking, I I so hope that that young girls see this. I was watching this thinking also, and pardon my French. Fuck you, Battle Angel Alita. Like this uh. is this is this is what. This is the kind of entertainment that that all kids should be shown, not just boys, not just girls. Uh, this is how you you represent an all-powerful female character. This is how you make a Superman who's not a dude. Uh, so I I loved all that, and I you know I loved the fact that that her you know it was very Bechdel test. Kelly Wan mentioned that before. It was yeah. her, and it was Rambo, and it was Lynette Benning's character, and it was the daughter Samuel L. Jackson on the sidelines. I'm even okay by the way with not having that much Agent Coulson. We've had plenty of middle-aged white dudes in our movies. He could wait, like he's gonna have his Avengers movies. I I liked his appearance, um, but just the whole and even Ben Mendelsohn, you know. Middle-aged white guy, put him under makeup, make him a minority, make him a refugee. Uh, so oh all God. of that stuff, all of that stuff, I loved. Uh, Kelly Wand, you're... <laughs> did you? I can't believe uh, this is as dumb as the uh, gun control or the Civil War bullshit. You guys got to do something well, seriously. No, get, get used to it. Right, what? Um, did you Captain think Marvel. there was any sense? Give her a woman of, villain. Because because uh, we exciting. had a couple of people and I. Unfortunately, I'm not. Uh, very, I didn't parse the emails as well, or, or look through different threads uh, before this. But uh, a lot of people were happy that uh, there wasn't a romantic relationship in yeah. this. But there were a couple people positing that maybe the Maria Rambo and. No, Marvel. I think she's gonna fuck Captain America later. That was the idea, because everyone has to be monogamous in the Marvel universe. That's my prediction. Dingus, what was the what was the suggestion? That they that their relationship might have had a romantic angle to it. it. The movie just didn't go there. I mean, you could certainly interpret that if you wanted, but I don't think there's any textual support for I it. I don't think so either. Definitely didn't go there. So one that of the things that <laughs> one of the things that I I think might also be part of why this this movie is ripe for manufactured outrage, which should be ignored, uh, is – and Kelly Wand, I'm with you, by the way, in that I, I love scantily clad hot women. I love uh, – yeah. there's, there's a whole genre, chicks in tight outfits kicking some ass. There's a, it's an acronym I invented, Satoksa. I love those movies. I, 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 I think love, they should like them. <laughs> but but here's the deal. This isn't one of those movies uh, because – I, I think in this movie, she was super sexy, by the way, but without a hint of cheesecake. There was right. no yeah, revealing yeah. – this, this isn't a revealing costume. It's it's tight, but it's not like skin tight. Um, there, there was no imagery here suggesting or, or, or even emphasizing like – there's, there's no imagery here that suggests or emphasizes sexuality. It's not like – uh, you, you know, the uh, in Sucker Punch, Baby Doll is all about fetishizing those little thigh right. highs, and there's nothing here like that. Uh, it would have been out of character. That's what I liked about it. It would have like, been out of character. Have worn cheesecake. And <laughs> the movie, like, no. the movie didn't need it. Like she was right. so incredibly sexy by just mm -hmm. being powerful and competent and funny, yeah. without sure. without showing cleavage, without showing her thigh. Uh, and I think one of the sexiest things she did is something that dudes do just as well, but the way that she would stand with her hands ready to shoot, and not because she's chesty or anything, but with her chest thrust out, which is just the same way Superman stands. Like, I yeah. was like, that's super hot, with her shoulders back, just ready to go. Um, she matter of her boobs, right. So I, I, and that's the thing, is I don't think it was to emphasize her chest, because that's how 
Superman stands. That's how a dude stands for combat. And I just thought it was super sexy without being cheesecake. And for for that I want to like this movie. You're you're really making me want to like it more. And for that same reason, I'm really glad that there wasn't a romance subplot because this wasn't yeah. about a woman exploring her sexuality or being in love with a dude. That just wasn't part of it. Thank God. I mean, we've got right. plenty of those. Yeah. Right. So that's a, that's a really good way to put it. Yeah. And and but, you and I again. I cannot I cannot tell you how much I love the for the uh the term comedic athletics or comedically uh, athletic comedically athletic because i i think she's got a just she's uh, funny as fuck in free fire remember if you say hilarious i I wouldn't say casual sexual sexuality or casual sexiness but she just exudes it effortless she doesn't have to do anything effortless is a great way to put it kelly she just she's just sexy she's just a sexy person. I like her, and I like the character a lot. Uh, and I'm bummed she didn't fight more. That's my complaint with Captain Marvel, just to be clear. So it's not Kelly, like I'm that, like the incel guy who's whining about like. Uh, and that's uh, that's a fair point. She doesn't fight more because she doesn't really need to. And when she does, it's there's uh, no question. There's no question that she's gonna win. Like her yeah. fights fights against Captain Marvel are kind of boring. Because it's, it's then, not... then you haven't cracked the script. Because Superman two gave him cool. Well, but no, no, but I don't, I don't think that's what this. This wasn't an action. This mm. wasn't a movie about fight oh, scenes. Oh, comic books. Let's go, comic books. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kelly Wan. Besides, sir, I want to see like that's the thing is like her powers are kind of supermany. Like they are hard to, um, to challenge. Like she is unkillable, and so like right. you have to meet that challenge. You have to She's try. Unkillable. Well, you, you do that, Kelly Wan, by wow. making it a buddy movie and not a movie about well, somebody's somebody's. You do both. You make it instead of a movie about somebody's powers being tested. Her powers aren't. Too. Her powers yeah. aren't in question here. She's all powerful. That's that's a facet of the character. That's a fact of this this internal fiction. Kelly Wand, get used to it. It's not being questioned in this particular script. No, he takes her out with the yellow CG and brainwashes her. He could have killed her if he. Or or you know, it's like it's like any Superman script has to introduce kryptonite to try to add dramatic they do. attention. That's the that, that's what's stupid about Superman. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's kryptonite, so it's you want, like. And so you want some sort of kryptonite opponent for uh, Captain Marvel in this movie. No, that's no. Not, I want that's like not a Thanos level. No. That's nope, not what the movie's wrong. interested in doing. It's not going to give you that. It's because no, it's, not, wanna... it's not about the rules of her power and what she can or can't do. I she can do anything. She battle of her life. I want to see the, the hardest day of her job working for Star Force. I kind of love the way that you're couching this. Uh, both of you, this debate, because uh, because what Tom was setting up as far as uh, the lesson that is teaching, um, it, it makes me think that uh, filmmakers w- needed to learn it. That it's it's not necessarily about who can punch her harder or whether or not she can be defeated by kryptonite. Right. It's her decision. Her her problem. <laughs> Is making a priority is is prioritizing things. She decides to prioritize taking these these people off to another galaxy and leaving Earth, even though that's her home world. And your uniform and colors. This is this is something that women often have to deal with in other ways than men do, uh, having to prioritize different things in different ways and and feeling pressure about that. And she gives this pager to him and says, seriously, only in an emergency, because she she's got <laughs> she she knows what her priorities are and she's prioritized <laughs> taking care of these 
this entire civilization of people. Because it's almost like she imagines that Nick Fury is going to call her and say, uh, where, where did I put my shirt? Like, do you right. remember where my exactly. pair of shoes is? <laughs> right, exactly. It's, it's the way that, that, that we we deal with those things and so her it's 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 her fight is not necessarily one of uh brawn uh although she can win any of those battles if she wants to it's it's more one of prior prioritization which is something that that women have to deal with more often i think than, than men in some ways and i do think this is partly where the script is a little, i mean i didn't mind the amnesia subplot but it does rely too on that that's a lot of the dramatic tension there is who uh, really was she what's her background and i I'm, I'm okay with that just because brie larson and samuel jackson were so much fun to watch uh but i can fully understand kelly thinking that that's weak or, or nick d saying the finale as he put it shit the bed and there's no surprises uh, i was no surprised i was i was surprised by the ben mendelson twist uh twist yeah that he ends that's up being a, 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 a good guy? I thought it was a uh, huge twist. Yeah. That's like calling a deus ex machina a twist. Well, it that's is. The... <laughs> it's totally a twist. It's totally... Uh, boring, and and ben, by boring, the way, boring, ben, boring. Mendelsohn, ben Mendelsohn was not a deus ex machina, Kelly Wan. That's part of the... I know. The, I know. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's and a, he, handles, he handles it beautifully, by the way. What is a deus ex she she is definitely though a deus ex and this is a, as, a a, as I was mentioning before narratively and commercially Disney is using her this all powerful female character as a deus ex machina for the Marvel universe which I I love that they decided that well uh, she'll yeah. be interesting when you see like I'm looking forward to this character meeting the Avengers so. you know it's like when I saw Black it's like when yeah well it's like when I saw Black Panther and mm. I loved it so much and I didn't want to then see him in a movie with Captain America saying, T'Challa, you go over there. Hulk, you go over there. Iron Man, you go... Like, I didn't want to see T'Challa getting bossed around and having to be part of an ensemble with a bunch of dopey superheroes. And I right. kind of... I'm, I'm a little worried now about that. No, Wait, she's going to be in charge. I hope so, Kelly Wand. I hope you're right. But, uh, I, yeah, I... Is it is it the Russo brothers doing the next one? Still? I don't know. Oh, I... It was, they did the Infinity Wars, which is... All right. I mean, I, you got. No, I was. I'd be okay. Silent, then we're that. done. Then it's over. We can go home. Oh. They do a good <laughs> job. Come on now. Yeah, they're they're in the. They're, Captain, they're very they, close to Colin Trevorrow territory as no, far as I'm no, concerned. No bullshit. Oh. Oh. No, the action's way better. Though. They are no. Civil War's great action sequence. Here's here's great. what I'll say. Winter they are Soldier's no. Awesome. They, Winter Soldier is awesome. They are no Winter Ryan Coogler. Awesome. Yeah. All right, there, there, All right, so what did you guys think of the oh, setting? I want to hear what you had to say about what they, what, what you, what, where you were going with that. Well, I, I just think that uh, you know Disney's whole uh, strategy, actually, lots of folks are doing this, of taking indie directors and giving them these blockbuster franchises. The best case scenarios are Ryan Coogler, or John Watts, Taika Waititi, uh, and I think uh, well, Nolan. I don't think was ever. I mean, Nolan no, after guy. Memento. Yeah, and, and I'm talking about Disney now. Ryan right. Coogler, John Watts, who did Spider-Man: Homecoming, Taika Waititi for Thor: Ragnarok, uh, and uh, now Bowden and Fleck for Captain Marvel, yeah. I think are in a class of their own, well above what the Russo brothers do. Coogler uh, can do anything, and the Russo brothers, I think you're weird on. <laughs> well, the Russo brothers, I mean, they're not. I I was fine with Infinity yeah, War, and and they're no, yeah. you know, Ryan Johnson or Jordan Voigt Roberts or the the guy who did Kong Skull Island, Colin Trevorrow. Those are the guys who, as far as I'm concerned, they're the bottom of the barrel. Like you give them a franchise, and it just, <laughs> uh, it just it's, it splats for me. Uh, and the Russo brothers, is, yeah. I like I just wasn't into the Captain America movie as much as you guys. 
I, I just think what they're doing is they're competently moving the the stuff the the franchise forward. But I don't think they're bringing to it the kind of voice that Bowden and Fleck, Kugler, John Wasserteka, Watiti have done. Wait, okay, Dingus, do you put Winter Soldier above Captain Marvel as a movie? Yeah. Uh, Captain Marvel is one of my. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, Winter Soldier is one of my favorites. Yeah, uh, I, it's a movie I can watch again and again. See the and, Nick Fury stuff in that, where he's in the car. Like that stuff's interesting. Like he's a big doofus, which I guess is cute, but it's also like he never does anything cool. Either. Well, I'm, I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I'm talking more about what sort of voice or perspective uh, or tone a director brings to the movie. The Russo yeah. brothers do fine yeoman's work as far as just this is a Marvel movie. They don't have the voice that John Watts brought to Homecoming or that Taika Waititi brought to Ragnarok, that Kugler uh, brought to Black Panther, or that Bowden and Fleck brought to, to Captain Marvel. Uh, but, so that, that's what I'm saying is I, you know, I like when a director has uh, – when these young indie directors that they get have their own vision that they can sure. bring to the Sometimes Marvel universe. Sometimes it pays off. And I don't so you, think I don't think the Russo brothers are doing that. They're just doing competent general uh, Marvel stuff. Okay. I, I think. So you think it's just generic as far as that's concerned? That's a good word, Dingus. Yeah, and I don't mean that as judgmentally necessarily. Generic can be plenty of fun. Uh, it's just to me not uh, the same as like you know or James Mangold with Logan. You know what? Uh, good Lord, like have uh, that that sort of thing. Like that's that's what I that's that's, that's the stuff that blows me away with superhero movies. Yeah. When somebody who as a director and a, as a writer has a unique voice and a unique message or perspective that they bring to these comic book things, that's the stuff that I really respond to more than competently moving it forward and making a cool action movie out of it, like the Russo brothers can do. Uh, I would have taken a Logan Cat and Marvel in a heart. Well, Logan is next level. I mean, that's a different. Yeah, okay, I can see what you're yeah. saying. So how do you guys feel then about the 90s setting? It's bullshit. (laughs) They don't – it's very – it's just gags. I don't think it means – I like – the best thing about it was what you said that I didn't really think about while I was watching the movie was that it was the era of Total Recall and Terminator. And so it's pretty Larson in that environment. Right. Action at that point was all male bravado for the most part. So that's cool. But I thought it was just – the. I don't know. That stuff always – it feels very uh, tacked on. And, and well, uh, jo- uh, we have a, one of our writer- – we had a few writers. Uh, Josh, Josh Lebener's favorite uh, 90s reference was the Mallrats script, which I – in rehearsing the lines. I didn't understand why Mallrats was in there. Wait, who – where was that? Where was that? I don't know the – I don't that's, know my Kevin Smith. That's what Stan Lee was reading in, on the train. That oh, my God. He was reading Mallrats? He was reading yeah. Mallrats, yeah. I saw that. You yeah. did that, Tom? That was a good joke. So that was that was uh, Josh Lubliner's favorite Stan Lee cameo. Yeah, it was a period piece. Yeah. Well, that's that's his favorite one ever? I guess that's a good one. Was that Subway in L.A. in the 80s, in the 90s? I guess it must have been. Yeah, okay. The 90s was Radio that long, Shack. I, I mean, you can count. The, it's just a tech, It's like a checklist. Radio well, Shack. There's the slow download. Moto. So neither neither of you saw Bumblebee, where with uh, Haley Stein, Stan Steinfeld uh, in the 80s Transformers movie, right? No, no, I did not. We're always about to see it. You, you kind of waved me off. Yeah, I, I think it's terrible, and part of why it's terrible is that Stephen Knight, I think that's the director, had no idea how to incorporate, how to make the 80s relevant other than it's when Bumblebee was a Volkswagen bug. And that you could have, you know, Herbie Lovebug was doing that 20 years ago. Uh, so his 80s implementation in Bumblebee was just so clueless and haphazard and clumsy and pointless that I loved this. And, and, and a... And a <laughs> 
the, the comparison I would make between the two of them is in Bumblebee, just without any thought, whether it's a car chase or it's exposition or it's a meet-cute, uh, robots fighting each other, just with no thought – the director would put in Bon Jovi or Tears for Fears or an Oingo Boingo song uh, or, or Aha. He would just put that in there. No thought. And it just made no sense. They licensed the song, so the guy slaps it in at a certain point. The use of music here – and this again where I was like – and pardon my French. I was like, fuck you, Battle Angel Alita. Because when she has, that, when she has that, that bar fight and there's just like random generic rock music, like that's what Robert Rodriguez got for that scene. That's such a – But it's the future. Off. That was such a squandered opportunity. That's a good point, Kelly Wan. It might be because it's a science fiction universe. Yeah, that's that what it, music is in the future. Yeah, it wouldn't make any sense to play Nirvana. They at just that use point. cover. Yeah. Right. But, but so also he, too. Well, okay, go on. Well, I just so I just wanted to say what I loved was the the uh, way that Bowden and Fleck used uh, specific songs in this movie. Yeah. Okay, and I, and I, I think was, very specific thematic points. Go ahead, Kelly Wan. Too. Yeah, I was I was well, nuts about that because. Because I'm such a big fan of Guardians of the Galaxy, and I think yes, that, Dingus, yes. But he's think, a product of that era, and she's not. She's from 1989. She should be in a cult. Like, wait, and also she doesn't recognize Earth, but whatever. But it's like 1995, and then she just gets grunge clothes and the music. Like, is that her kind of music? No, Who's it was this for, person. It was for the audience, Kelly Wan, not for the character. <laughs> like, that's, like, that's like I don't say. I don't that's think I don't like it. Kelly, exactly you're like, what you just said. You're like somebody's disaffected niece. That's cold, bro. <laughs> but come uh, on, Kelly Wan, how can you not like that No Doubt song, Just a Girl, when she's doing that yeah. fight? How is that not – She doesn't just, know that song. How is that – it's not for her. It's for you. How is that not totes adorbs? Oh. They're not – it's cute, but I mean – See? You know, it's See? Larson doing it. And, and it's also, it's also it, very so. 90s. Like it's very dated. It's very it's She's a very not specific... a 90s person. Well, the movie is set in the 90s. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. <laughs> <laughs> but is she listening to that music? Is it? No, identity? it's not for that. No, it's not for her. It's for you, the, the viewer. Oh, I, I'm more interested in her. In her taste. <laughs> I mean, I think I could date Brie Larson. So if I why, know why she's going with Nirvana, that's why it's get sl her. slightly different than Guardians of the Galaxy, which you know the mom. That's his era. It gives him the awesome mix, right? Right, and that, and he's listening to that music, and we get to listen to it as well. And James so we Gunn makes it. Is. James Gunn makes it very clear early on when he puts on a Walkman, he's running around kicking those lizards and singing. James Gunn is letting us know, yeah, Peter Quinn, Quill, Peter Quill is listening to this yeah. just when you, the audience, are as well. Yeah, that's that's a very different thing, but that, that's a great yeah. comparison, though, Dingus. Uh, but, but having that music play randomly is like the octopus playing the bongos. I don't feel like it's random. I disagree with you. I think that it's very purposeful for this particular period. I yeah, mean, there's songs that are for the character, and there's the no, character. there's songs that a mother would that loves and makes a tape for her child. I mean, that's that makes sense to me in, in Guardians this? of the Galaxy. No, in Guardians oh, no, of the I Galaxy. Mean, saying yeah. in Captain Marvel, it, the character is totally irrelevant. So, no, no. So, uh, do you guys remember when she fights? When she goes into the superior intelligence after knowing what's going on? Do you remember the song that played there? Uh, oh. Versus Annette Bening? Uh, no, it's, right. it's, it's, it's a Nirvana song, Come As You Are. Come and, As You Are, yeah. And the, yeah, the yeah, lyrics yeah. of that are, Come As You Are, As You Were, As I Want You To Be, As A Friend, As A Known Enemy. Like, that's that's super thematic, and, and yeah. most Nirvana lyrics are just kind of nonsense anyway. She wouldn't know it. But 
but that's super thematic for what's happening at that moment in the movie where she's appearing to the superior intelligence who's appealing to someone that she knew and it's an enemy like i i just like i got chills at that moment because i love that song and because i was thinking oh man these lyrics fit no the character has to know the song but it also it also just touches a nerve for me i don't know uh hearing those songs it just it i don't know it flicks me i did it works too easy Dingus, you should see Bumblebee. Let me know if that flicks you. Jesus. <laughs> Let me know if Madeline so tracks for you. I think <laughs> I think the the movie makes Let me know if she's any Kristen good. Stewart. Uh, uh, but uh, I like what you're saying as far as it being thematically appropriate because that's one of the one of the things when Come As You Are came on, I was like, oh yeah, that that totally works for this scene. Yeah. You guys make uh, me feel like I'm I'm picking on a cute movie, and that's kind of what's true. <laughs> Let me just say this: <laughs> fucking scrolls. You guys are selling out because the scrolls are evil, man. They fucking killed the wasp. Kelly, one I couldn't uh, tell you the Electra first. was a scroll. I couldn't huh? tell you the first thing about scrolls other than it's one of the characters that you fight in Marvel versus Capcom. Uh. Chris, they transported the Baxter building to the negative zone. Chris Markinson would tell you that in the comics, the Skrull throne world is destroyed by Galactus, who devours the planet. <sighs> who are there? Gotcha. Scro- Wait, what are the scrolls we've seen in movies? Like, what are the other times? Super Skrull can do can look like you and have your powers. What movie is that from? Nothing. Oh, what have we seen scrolls <laughs> in movies? Am I supposed to know who they are from movies? Um, I think they fight the Fantastic Four a lot. I thought they were in Guardians. Um, Black Bolt was that, a scroll. But I was that. wrong. Uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy, there's this moment where the collector's like, do you have elbows to his uh, his slave? And she's like, yes. He goes, well, get to work then. And behind her, there's this dude with pointy ears in a cage. Like in, that, in, one, of those, on that day. in one of those plexiglass cages. It's like an Easter egg. Yeah. yeah. Which I thought was a scroll, but, uh, but somebody online told me no it's oh. it's it's a it's from it's one of the dark elves from thor 2 probably uh, okay. uh they're also blue but also a couple scroll notes i made for you yes guys. kelly uh, one yes okay oh excellent all right okay let's, they let's do killed that. the human torches invisible girl's dad uh one posed as the thing's girlfriend the marvel fantastic four thing not john carpenter's uh they unsuccessfully tried to get hulkling to be their emperor <laughs> What is Hulkling? Wait, what? What? What is that? No, he's a kid. I'm not sure who Hulkling is, and I don't know why they wanted him. Hulk had a baby. He just had the same powers, probably, but he was like a teenager. But did he have a baby? No, that's impossible. Who would he fuck? She-Hulk. They're cousins. That can't happen. (laughs) But you know what's weird? She-Hulk was an Avenger too. Uh, Black Bolt was a scroll. Elektra was a scroll. Wait, Elektra was a scroll? No. Yeah. Well, she comes back when she comes back from the dead after Bullseye kills her. She's a scroll. Spider-Man was a clown. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Bullseye. I don't know any of this. Okay, whatever. Uh, (laughs) The Skrulls attacked Thunderbolt Mountain. Oh, that's uh, the the. Okay, wait. That's not. They transported Baxter Building to the negative zone. You heard me. (laughs) Remember? Remember in uh, the Miles Teller one, the Baxter Building was there in the fucking tar pits, bitch. And what else did they do? Go ahead, carry on. Uh, Did I mention they they attacked Thunderbolt Mountain? Wow. Okay, so they should have been treated with more respect than they were recorded in this movie. The Electra Scrolls' name was Pagon. <laughs> <laughs> That's very close to the name of the demon in Hereditary. This Heredit- is what should have been in the movie, nerds. <laughs> very close to what? Sorry. 
All right, so let's. I have another question, then Kelly Wan, that maybe you can help me with. This Wait. is the baggage I bring to these movies while you're oh. looking at Schmaltz and Webbins things. It's hold not... on, hold on to that thought, Tom. I, yes. I just want to say that we had a writer in her name, Soren Hoagland, who mm-hmm. says that. Speaking of the scrolls, though, how much fun was Ben Mendelsohn having? He, Jesus he, Christ. He, so he loved the final showdown between Carol and Jan Rog. Who's Jan Rog? <laughs> That's Jude Law. That was his name, Jan Rog? No, and, you guys uh, are – wait, hold on. You Black guys are Gary's making that. Gary's name is something The Pursuer, by the way, Black Gary from Guardians. And Jan. also uh, – Wait a minute. I can't get past Jan Rog. That sounds like a, 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 a holiday drink you make. <laughs> Jeez, Jan Rog? Yeah, there's the character you're enjoying. There's they the actually, real show. They actually going. say that in the movie. They call him Jan Rog in the movie. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think you guys are, I think but you guys also are making her, this up. So, and Jane Fonda's name was Marvell. That's also what yeah, I'm getting Mar- at. Is Yeah, the movie should be called Captain Carol Danvers. Like, she's never called... Yeah. Why is she naming herself after a friend? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean that's I dumb. Know. So anyway, um, Tom, you had a question you were going to say. Yeah, uh, Kelly, one. What's the deal with Florkins? <laughs> keep your pants up. <laughs> what? Because <laughs> is that a thing? Like, and why do they hang out at the yeah. Shield headquarters? Like, was there? I, why does he? Why is he so bad with cats? <laughs> yeah, was I supposed you know, to? You don't know, shake a cat next to your eye. All right, Jesus. hold on. Let me write this down. Yeah, just you can shake a cat, but they don't like. But that. it's not a cat, Kelly Wan. It's a flurkin. Like, it's a flurkin, and then also what is a flurkin? Is, is a flurkin an actual thing from the comics? Yeah, it's about half a henway. But also, um, <laughs> he holds it up to attack people or something, and it doesn't attack them. Right. It's a flurkin. Like it's a normal. Yeah, flurkins are dicks. Flurkins are whimsical, Kelly Wan. Well, no, so they he eat the cosmic cube and then they puke it out. He doesn't attack because it's Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, but they don't like scrolls, I thought. Oh. Yeah, but he knows. He That's why he doesn't attack. It's not, oh, I liked when it said threat level for the lurking, like <laughs> moderate, and then for Nick Fury it said minimal. Right. <laughs> Human male. Yeah, because that was great. That's and that I was, was a, liking it. That again, I like this movie for That again, a very specific uh, jab at, at dudes, I think. Human male threat. Uh, that's negligible. good. Yeah. Well, it's young Nick Fury, and he is losing to the cast. So seriously, so though – I, what what is the deal with a florkin? Is that really a? Th- I mean, what what's are, are we supposed is to know things about that? Is it an alien creature? Is yeah. It, or is it just the way they view cats? Or is yeah, it, is that is, the is that the idea in this movie that alien. is the idea in this movie that all cats can shoot tentacles out of their mouth, but they just yeah. don't? Yeah. No, but Captain Marvel had a pet cat who was a florkin named Chewy after Chewbacca. So florkin's a different race. Yeah. Because uh, you know Ben Mendelsohn's character says, "What's a cat?" Uh, so. It can are lay they, up to 117 are di- eggs. Are they two different things? Or? Yeah, that's their what I'm bodies, wondering. Their bodies hold pocket realities, bubbles of space and time that exist in other Oh, worlds. that is awesome. That is so wow. cool. So, they Kelly, one, seriously, I tentacles. really need to know this. Is Are all cats Florkins or, or no. Florkins separate? Okay, so they're different. They do, they're posing. They're like the scroll. They're tricky. Okay. And they okay. tricked Captain Marvel in the comics. She thought it was a normal cat. How do you spell Florkin? <laughs> With an E. <laughs> K-E or K- they're both they're both these and with Florkins confused about. Huh. Okay. Ch- it's a K like uh, Marvel. Can you spell file cabinet with an E? Why do I want to? <sighs> it should cook a mushroom. <laughs> uh, do you guys know? Do you guys know the? Uh, I I think the uh, the the seed for Florkins in the Bowden uh, Flex script. Oh, do, you, do you see any precedent for Florkins in movies that they've made? 
It's a pretty obscure moment. Seen. It's an obscure moment, but I remember it vividly. Uh, in in Half Nelson, uh, uh, Ryan Gosling and Anthony Mackie have this great showdown in the middle of the street where right, Ryan, oh, oh yeah, where Ryan Gosling is telling him, you know, stay away from the the girl, and Anthony Mackie's like, no, she's my cousin. Why should I? And it's it's normally it, it would be the 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 it's like the, Supergirl, the good it's guy super. showing up the drug dealer and saying stay away. But they have this really. Uh, unusual, unique reconciliation. And Anthony Mackie finally says, are you thirsty? And Ryan Gosling's like, what? He says, are you thirsty? Do you want to come in and have a drink with me? And, and Ryan Gosling says, yes. Yeah. So they go in to have a drink, and as they're walking into the house, just randomly, Ryan Gosling picks up a cat, and it's this cute little black and white cat, and he's he picks it up and is following Anthony Mackie into the house, and Anthony Mackie says, you ain't bringing that shit in my house. Put that cat down. And so he puts the cat down and goes in the house. It's just this weird little moment where the character picks up a cat that he sees, and he's going to walk into the, the house with it. It gets yelled at. Yeah, 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 but yeah, but yeah, I think I, Bowden yeah. and Fleck have a, a weakness for cats, because also his character, and this is a, like half in Half Nelson, has a cat that dies in, in the movie, which is a weird oh, little sad well, Goose makes it out, all right? Goose does. But but I just remember that being a, a weird, specific little... They had specific little touches with the cat in uh, Half Nelson, so perfect for them to, to do flurkins uh, in the Marvel Universe. Uh, uh, is that how Nick Fury really lost his eye, though? It is that now, is Kelly Wand. That's a great. Canon. That's great. That's great. Yeah. So what in the a, comics, he's in World War II. So what a great thing. Also in the comics, Kelly Wand. Oh, go ahead, like, uh, You lost your he eye. Looks like you, you were you were uh, withstanding torture. It's like <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to yeah. deny that. What Just let cat? cats come to you, like women. Well, it's not a cat. It's a florkin, Kelly Wand. Let's it's be clear. Florkin, yeah. But it also claws you. Wouldn't it have eaten him with the tentacles? Well, it doesn't. It's not that mad at him. It's, it's mad enough like, to mutilate him. Well, also, it's it's like adding on to the other eye injuries he's had. Yeah, it's a yeah, compound yeah. of multiple injuries. You see, it's like on. the chainsaw in Hot Tub Time Machine. So uh, waiting for a, him to lose his arm. We have a writer in her name Brian Becker, uh, who dug this movie. But uh, he's he's getting some Marvel fatigue in much the same way I think Jesus. Tom described earlier. Uh, and he says, I don't think having Sam Jackson be the comedic sidekick makes sense in the overarching series, but it worked in this movie. So uh, how do we feel about Samuel L. Jackson in this, and how do we feel about the CG of, his, of his younging? So they did do that. I wondered about that. So they did, like, youngify. Because it looked oh, – uh, yeah, Clark, yeah, Gr Clark Gregg looked really weird to me. Uh, and I guess that was the CG, but Samuel Jackson, I wasn't sure if he just is perpetually youthful looking or if there was CG to make him look young. Okay. There was, yeah, uh, and it, but it didn't uncanny Valley me, no, even, me even for Clark Gregg or for Lee Pace. Uh, they did this, they, I don't know how they did it, but for the whole movie and for, for that duration of time, I thought it worked really well. The fact that I didn't notice it or think that it was CG, because, yeah, I, I think it worked well, too. Yeah, the fact that's that a success. Notice. Tom didn't even notice it. Yeah. Tom goes, Sim Jackson's holding up well. <laughs> he is, though. I mean, isn't he? You know what, though? In all honesty, I, I actually thought the same thing, and I, I looked after I go, oh, they, they de-aged him. Because I just thought, yeah, they just put a, a bunch of pancake on him. Or right, right. You can do that with makeup, but yeah. He dye his hair. Like, how wrinkled is his face? His love... voice sounds the same, too. If someone's Because, like, Harrison ah. Ford sounds like a shoe now. <laughs> or like, or you, like, think of Jeff Bridges' voice. So it's come there, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I do love though that it's, 
as an origin story for Nick Fury. Like, it makes me care a lot more about Captain Marvel arriving and, and clearly wanting to know, like, where's her friend? Like, I, I love that that's her impetus mm. uh, to come back. Is that she's not, and I don't know, we'll find they out never what the deal is. Other? We're, yeah. We don't know what the deal is, but she's not presumably coming back just to save humanity. I'm sure that maybe she'll do that as she well. Care. But yeah, she, her first question is, where's Nick Fury, right? Like, isn't that what she oh. says when Scarlett Johansson yeah. turns around? Yeah, yeah, she wants to know where her friend is because we've just seen this movie that is an origin story for both of them and that establishes their friendship. Uh, it I makes like that me... she could give a shit about Earth. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, her, her friend Rambo lives there and the little girl, obviously. Yeah. Like, I'm sure she's... she's I, like, I'm, yeah, I'm Devin Moore hoping... out here. Well, how Wait. many years have passed? Well, it's real time. Yeah, so, yeah, it's 20 years. And so I'm, I'm hoping that also... The next, aid. the end game or whatever the movie is called, tells us what happens to Lieutenant Trouble and Rambo. Like I want to know too, where are her other friends? Uh, I do too, yes, because Lieutenant uh, Tra- Trouble says, you know, uh, you might build a spaceship. You don't know. I right. Also, Jaden's going to be twenty-six now, so Jaden right. will be an adult, and yep. that other chick has to now have age makeup. Well, no, well, Jaden. Kelly Wan, did either of them make <laughs> the the fifty percent cut? We don't know. Right. Fortunately, Hawkeye did. Oh, so. good point. Yeah. Uh, so real quick also with that whole thing. So what's the deal with the Tesseract? Someone walk me through what the <laughs> oh, Tesseract's history is. Shit. No, but isn't it consistent? Isn't there some – Dingus, Kelly Wand is dismissive of it. You talk me Rump. through what – yeah. Dingus, talk me, talk me through the deal with the Tesseract. You mean the Cosmic Cube that they renamed? Yeah. Continue. Talk me through it, Dingus. All right, what, do you mean, what do you mean talk you through it? I well, mean, I, I, there's obviously – like what What did it come – is it the thing that Loki was after in Avengers? What's the yeah. deal? And what did Stellan Skarsgård do with it? And what did Captain America do with it? What? Does it matter? Kree scroll. Let's go. <laughs> Kelly Wand, I'm asking Dingus. Register Ding- superheroes. Dingus seriously. cares about this universe. Go ahead, Dingus. Less life lessons. You remember the, the story of the Infinity Stones, how they were – Right. Crafted. So is is the Tesseract in Thanos' glove now? When they did yeah. the location shift. Kelly Wand, I'm talking to Dingus. Blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> the forms and paperwork, did they have to use the 16A? Or... So the Tesseract was the last thing that Thanos needed for his little knuckle uh, gems, right? Sandwich. No, no. The last thing was Vision. Vision. Oh, right, right. That's but the, the Tesseract was one of them. The Tesseract was one of them, right? Tesseract was the first one. That's why he killed Loki. It's the square one, Tom. Infinity War. Oh, Uh, in the very in the very opening of Infinity War, that's the one he gets from Loki. Okay, how did Loki get it? He had a pet flurkin. Kelly, one, I'm not talking to you. Go to your room. (laughs) I I don't know how to answer that question, but Loki pretended to have it. Red Skull wanted it. Said, "Oh, this is a fake one or something," and he's like, "Here, you can have it." So fake one. The uh, first we saw of it then was Captain America with Red Skull looking for it. Is that correct? Right. Yeah, and Red Skull shows up again. In the a... skull is red. The cube <laughs> is blue. So when remember, we when we remember first remember him showing up in Infinity War at the end, right? Yeah, as mm-hmm. not not the end, like in the third act where mm, really. uh, where uh, they're getting the Soul Stone and Red Skull is the one leading them to the Soul Stone. And which one might die soon. Which one is <laughs> which one is the Soul Stone? Soulstone oh is the one that causes um, Thanos to Hemorrhoids. have to do the sacrifice of his daughter. That's not what's the one in. It's oh. not the one in Paul Bettany's head. 
No, that's I don't know what the Vision Stone is. I can't Dear remember. Dear anime, I miss so, you. <laughs> so there's the Soul Stone, the Vision Stone. Is the Tesseract a certain kind of stone? Oh, Infinity God. Stone. No <laughs> more, please. Nail me a bullet. <laughs> Cyanide bullet my tooth. Kelly Wand, I'm going to need an Infinity Stone synopsis from you. Where'd you, you get your training week? in uh, exposition? <laughs> That's, yeah. What a nightmare. Wait, ask, keep at, I want to see how many questions, how many different things you know the names of on Thanos' hand. Infinity, well, thing is to Infinity okay, Stone. So the, the, the Infinity Stone, uh, Vision Stone. So there's five what? of them, is that true? There's a green time travel one. See, oh, the Time Stone, thing. the Time Stone. Yeah, that's gonna be the. There's the in in inner space stone. And then finally, and then the the smell stone. Yeah. The smell stone. You gotta scratch it first. <laughs> all that matters, Kelly Watt, is that he got all five of them. I'm all caught up now, right? I think. Did, like, did he get all five? Yeah, because then yeah. he he snaps then his he fingers snaps or fingers. he claps or whatever, and they all everybody yeah. Remember when Battlestar Galactica miscounted Cylons? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> By the way, there was a number five one. Uh, <laughs> named Stinky, uh, Smellstone. Uh. Anyway, Opera House, uh, yeah, you're welcome. Well, Kelly Wan, if nothing else, I'm super glad that you kept this podcast from being all three of us just burbling on fondly about Captain uh, Marvel. I feel Thank bad because she's really – like I said, I really liked her character. Well, I feel like – you know, I feel like I, I watched her Weekend or something in that movie. <laughs> I kind yeah. of feel the way you guys probably felt about Wonder Woman, because I was like all harumph about Wonder Woman, and you guys were like, ah, so much fun, wee, woo, Gal Gadot, woo, and I was like, hey, Wonder yeah. Woman had jokes in it that I got, so I like that in a movie. You didn't get and the I jokes liked... here. I didn't get the jokes in this at all. <laughs> really didn't. It kind of, I didn't get the well, jokes in Ghostbusters either, where she's talking about the wontons. I'm like, what? Well, Soren Hoagland agrees with you. He didn't, he didn't care for this at all. He found it whelming. He said, there's, there's I not, want there's four nice, Ragnarok there, level nice... jokes now, like they've spoiled me. Yeah, he said there it was it, there were nice moments, but and it was nice to see Samuel Jackson, but uh, Carol. It's fine on paper. He said, <laughs> I, don't know. I was disappointed. I really. Carol's bummed. arc gets more exposited than dramatized, and you never yeah, get her headspace as as Veers, Veers. So the H big twist with scrolls doesn't really have the infant should. Twist. You guys keep calling it a twist. Is Ben Mendelsohn a bad guy when he shows up, Kelly Wand? Oh my God, no, he's a, it's a twist. Is oh he a bad God. guy? Is he a bad guy at the end of the movie? The answers are no. respectively yes and no. That's a twist. Oh, uh, it's Carol yes Danvers, no. brunette in a different movie. Oh, it's a twist. I do love I do love Brie Larson with like feathered bangs kind of hair like that. Yeah, when, when you put too. her in period She's hair like cutie. like Skull Island or Free Fire, I'm definitely I hope she doesn't like update her hairstyle for Avengers End War or whatever we're getting next. By the way, <laughs> I, I was pointing this out to Dingus. We get the next Avengers movie in uh, May, I think, and then in July another Spider-Man movie. Oh, I guess oh. he lives then. Spoiler alert. It could be a prequel. We don't know. Or about the black kid. Actually, how can you have a prequel before Spider-Man Homecoming? Just do uh It's just about yeah. his normal, like Peter Parker as a kid. It could be. Well, it doesn't bite him in that, does it? How do I remember? Doesn't he already have it at the beginning? He kind of does, doesn't he? Yeah. So yeah, I we'll remember, get, I'm getting mixed up with Spider-Verse a little well, bit. Well, I'm I'm of Spider-Man because of what happens at the end of Infinity War. 
What do you mean? You know, that was another dumb conversation. Was you guys going, oh, man, all these guys are dead. Kids are going to be traumatized. Like, <laughs> Kiernan's like, yeah, they could have just set part, done part two in the same setting. Like, he's, <laughs> that's not traumatized. That's like being ahead of, he knows what corporate earnings are, essentially. Well, until no one's dead, they're leaving. Until it's actually Contest, out. Yeah. Until it's actually yeah. out, we don't know. Like if Disney could could go out of business between now and May or whenever the movie's opening, and that would be how the Marvel franchise ends. It could happen. We don't that know. That would be a great ending. Yeah, I'm, I'd be on board. Yeah. Yeah, you don't know. Scream Two it doesn't have a third season. Uh, 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 Chris Berkinson was really uh, happy about the Kree Skull uh, Scroll War. Really? Yeah. <laughs> He said his nerdy Happy. nerdiness almost started weeping with joy. Um, Remember which... when I said the scroll aged the Fantastic Four one too many times, and the listeners were like, "Enough about the scroll ed death ray." Oh God! Well, I was—I uh, have to admit—I was confused not. at the beginning with Jude Law, <laughs> um, because I kept thinking he was the uh, who plays Vision. Paul Bettany. Paul, I kept thinking. And Lee Pace is in this why, too, and he's why, kind of Jude Law looking. Why is Paul Bettany playing this part now? <laughs> it was just a total stupid moment on my part. Did you it guys is, see there's a lot of what's that Jude Law movie where uh, it's called like Don John or what's that? There's a movie that Jude Law is in where he's really good uh, called hey, oh, shoot. No, uh, it's all bad. Keep going. Existence. Uh, uh, no, I'm trying to look it up here. Uh, uh, closer. He's good in that. Dom Hemingway. Did you guys ever yeah. see Dom Hemingway? What? He's no. so good in that. Yeah. He plays uh, a woman who whips. Dude, it's so. the opposite. I mean, it opens with this. The monologue that he opens with Dom Hemingway with is pretty awesome. So Kelly Wand, Dom Hemingway, you would like. That's the Kelly Wand movie. The so. movie you couldn't remember the name of. Well, it's because gotcha. it's one of those movies where it's the character's name, and at least it's his last name as well. Like it's uh, not right. just Dom. Like Captain Marvel. Dom yeah. John is the <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt. The attra- right. uh, addictive uh, right. which Brie Larson is it? so it, it's so hey, funny yeah, he's see- fucking Scarlett Johansson and he's bored that's what that movie is about yeah okay yeah uh, yes it's, it's just so funny <laughs> that Brie Larson is just this minor character from the end of Greenberg like that, that that she's come so far since then like that she's got the little tiny part with Juno Temple at the end of Greenberg where they're gonna abscond with Greenberg to Australia uh, so funny watching oh, I it forgot. that's Brie Larson Brie Larson and Juno Temple, yeah, yeah. Oh, I totally yeah. forgot that. Short Term Twelve is a really well. Good. That's right. That's where it's like, man, this chick is awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah Short Term yeah. Twelve. But before then, she's just like a fixture in like Scott Pilgrim and uh, Greenberg, and she's just like a little cutie in those movies that they don't do much with. But then Short Term Twelve and Free Fire, and I guess a lot of people like Room as well. Um, yeah, so she's good in this, and I like her character. I just wanted her to punch more people. Kelly Wan, <laughs> let's end on that note. You like uh, she's good right. in this, and you like her character. Kelly Wan, what movie yeah. should we see next week? Wait, uh, hold, hold on. Just... Let me make sure I've uh, done all the listeners' service here. Sorry. Um, Brian Becker says Brady Larson got the snarky lines down, but didn't project much personality. Well, uh, it's you know. But that might be part of the per- the amnesia plot. He says. Yeah. Uh, see. Um. Oh, he he wanted us to touch on Sam Jackson's and Brie Larson's lack of chemistry, which I totally what? disagree with, Nick. No, they wanted to work together after Skull Island, and you could tell. Oh, all right, all right. 
I thought they had chemistry. I just, I don't know. They're not, I don't know. It's not that fun. It's not quick, quick-witted dialogue. I'll put, the rest of, Brothers. <laughs> I'll put the rest of stuff in the thread. I'm sorry to derail right. you guys. Go ahead. Kelly One, what should we see next week? We should, it's going to be ugh. kind of two movies, isn't it? Why are you going, ugh? Actually, you're right. Know. This may not be for you. You told me not to see this. <laughs> That's why I'm going, ugh. <laughs> We're seeing something you talked me out of seeing. <laughs> A sequel to something you talked me out of seeing. Right? We're seeing Happy Death Day to You 2. To You just... 2. I think it is just Happy Death Day to you, uh, the number of the two, two, the letter U, yeah. Uh, What's the first one called? Just Happy Death Day. Uh, so uh, I think in order to understand, and actually I do know that, like, Happy Death Day to you ends literally moments after – begins literally moments after the first movie ends. So you kind of have to – it's kind of like Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, and Two Towers. They just flow right into each other. Think of them as the same movie, and that's what we'll be talking about on the podcast next week is Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to you, starring the, starring the lovely Jessica Roth, uh, who everyone knows is the girl in the green dress in La La Land. Uh, Emma Stone's roommate, right? Right? Uh-huh. <laughs> She's Captain Marvel's friend, Janet. Uh, so join us for that. And if you have any <laughs> if you have any favorite one-eyed characters, send, uh. send those to 3x3 at quarter3.com. I got we'll, right here. We'll be talking about those on our uh, 3x3 podcast. Make sure we get those by the 31st of March, Midnight Pacific. If you've seen Happy Death Day to you... Send your comments also to 3x3 at quarter3.com. Get those to us by Sunday, March 17th at midnight, and we'll incorporate them in the podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We will talk to you next week. I am Tom Chick. I have been here with Christian Minoski. It's Christian Murowski. <laughs> and Kelly Wand. Mexico should pay for our marble movies, too, man. Oh, make me over. I'm all I wanna be A walking study I'm starting to agree that we're living in a simulation and I want to roll a new character because there's too many griefers on the server. I prefer that we be more capable and prepared than lucky. Observation, reflection, faith, and determination. In this way, we may navigate the path as it unfolds before us. All right, and we have, what, eight more recharge cycles to go before we get to Aurigai 6? Is that a question, Yes, sir? Walter, that's a question. That is correct. I'll give you 50 bucks right now if you turn into a Venus flytrap. Do I have to smile too? Uh.